Namaste, family. Welcome to Subtle Storm. My name is Sky, and thank you for showing up for yourself today for another episode. So, I have never been really scared of death. For as long as I can remember, I've never really given too much thought to it or energy to it. Of course, when it occurred in my life or was present in my life, I missed maybe the manifestations of the people that had left, but the concept of death never penetrated me. And I've had lots of deaths in my life, and I have been near death head-on, face-to-face, about three times in my life. And none of the times, well, of course they impacted my life, because I'm still living, you know, they are going to affect me, but it's not so much the concept of death rather than the trauma that it caused. But when it comes to the people that have died in my life, I always have a very different perspective on it than a lot of people that I communicate with. And there are even some people that I do talk to that have the same perspective, but don't allow themselves to really sit with it, to even you know, to disconnect from the ideas that society wants us to kind of believe or maybe your religion wants you to believe um, when you really know the full truth deep within yourself. And I want to go through this as best as I possibly can in a more digestible way because it can be quite maybe traumatic or triggering to some people to talk about it. So I kind of want to start off with comparing death to things that are living, which seems arbitrary in a way, but you'll see why it makes sense. So I feel like the more digestible way to think of it is to compare life or death to the death of a tree, right? So when a tree falls over, usually when a tree dies, it falls over, right? Because it's decaying from the inside. A lot of times you don't see it, but that's irrelevant. When it falls over, You can envision it becoming truly one with the nature surrounding it. Although it was one with the entirety of the universe and nature before, it is now completely and totally engulfed within it. And from that, it creates other life forms, other new trees, new tiny little plants and, you know, fungi and mushrooms growing off of it because of the decaying, things like that. And this is not to directly coincide with reincarnation because that's a lot of the time what I will, what people will assume I mean by that analogy. And that's not what I mean. It's more of like, even if you compare it to a human death, if you were to see a corpse maybe lying down in the woods, there would be plants growing off of it. And it may be disturbing to think about, but you know, nature will become one with the body and that's why our bodies decay and or we are cremated and become one with nature again. And it's also, in the way of reincarnation, it's also important to recognize the different beliefs that lie within a religious structure that are prevalent in our lives. So I would say to start off with by just Understanding that each religion has a different meaning and journey of life and thus meaning of death. Because obviously death precedes life in that way. And in Buddhism specifically, you know, they see life as preparation for death. Or, you know, also to recognize that those who may believe that there is nothing after death 
or are maybe comfortable with the mystery um, that lies behind death. Sorry, I don't know what that what that noise was, but to come back full circle, you know, in that case, there is something deeper that we can think about, and the connection to spirit in that way is prevalent. But of course, everyone grows up a different way regarding the concept of death, and that has nothing to do with necessarily the reality that you are capable of continuing. You are still able to, whatever I say today, you're still able to hold that meaning of death within you and with your family, but also maybe shift into a different perspective or have a different meaning within your life. And I want to talk about philosophy for a second. So, you know, I believe that it was Aristotle that said that the dead are more blessed and happier than the living. And to die is to return to one's real home. Now, I have a bit of a problem with the first part. The dead are more blessed and happier than living. Obviously, maybe people within this life want to believe that because they don't want to live. But to live is beautiful and to die is beautiful within my perspective. And we'll get a little bit further into this momentarily. But to die is truly to return home. Just like I was talking about with the tree specifically, we are returning back to nature or back to what truly created us. And, you know, you may be like, okay, well, I didn't come from nature. Whatever you believe, you are totally, you know, inclined to believe whatever you do believe in. But, you know, even the concept of conception is nature because humanity does lie within a natural nature in that way. So I do believe that part of what Aristotle said. But then, well, actually, prior, um, Plato, well, Socrates and Plato both define death as the ultimate separation between the soul and the body. And they also regard the body as a prison for the soul and view death as means of freedom for the soul. And what I'm reading in regards to this for an exact example says that, a tr- quote-unquote, a true philosopher is already dead before they die or before bodily functions cease. And there are so many aspects of this statement that I agree with, but not to the fullest extent. And a lot of times when you do read philosophy in this way, it is it can be quite harsh and digest and you know, maybe less associated with spirit and maybe hard truths that are more easily understood by people who aren't maybe directly connected to their sense of source in that way, which makes sense. But if you really want to think about it, we'll, we'll get into this as well. But when they say these things, you kind of want to believe it in that harsh way. And while it is so true, it can be more understood in a different light more fully than than just by putting it that way, if that makes sense. So we'll go further into this, obviously, as I go on. But if we're thinking about the ego, then we understand that our body and our soul or our spirit or our higher selves are not directly connected. They are in the human experience aspect, but our body is not us. And that's what makes death difficult to digest. And in this way, I want to go back to Buddhism, Buddhism, sorry, for a moment, because I remember hearing that monks would often meditate over a dead 
decaying body to detach their sense of attachment to the body in this way and to truly observe the changing nature of our body as it goes through the decaying and death process to kind of let go of the perspective of life as being of the body in that way to be more present and kind of stray away from the concepts of ego that we endure societally and just kind of in our own nature of saying you know I'm dying or believing that we are dying or that we're ill or that we're death in that way or that we're approaching death or becoming of death and that's so often what you hear people say as someone approaches death and this is not an abnormal thing to hear or to see but it is not necessary we don't have to believe that a death of the body is a death of our soul and that's why when we live and we are living becoming one with the soul and with nature and disconnecting from the body in that way is so important and I just also want to go back to the idea of, you know, the philosophical sense and our spiritual or religious beliefs of, of a person drastically affect how we approach death and how we see it, you know, in our lives. And this is crucial in kind of understanding the perspectives that we take into the, you know, the near of our days or those near-death experiences um, especially in Eastern religions, especially, you know, Buddhism, we, we disconnect from the body. And especially in Zen Buddhism or in other Eastern religions, a lot of the time they cherished the moment of death. And when I say cherish, I don't mean be attached to it. I mean as honor it and accept it and to be present with it. And oftentimes, you know, we do have these kinds of senses of anxiety or discomfort within death. And that becomes prevalent not because we are scared of dying itself, but because we're scared of our body dying. And it's hard to conceptualize when we, we can't differentiate the two, but it's more so the feelings of, you know, loss or failure or fear in those ways it's not so much death because as a human we're so aware of our morality but it's the emotions that do arise within the concepts of death or the idea of death that make us fairly uncomfortable and death truly is more of just a transform transformative experience it's not means to an end necessarily and that's another good perspective to have within the concept of death when we're trying to maybe disalign from the discomfort that it does bring us within this lifetime is understand that if you are an awakened being or are trying to be there or are higher in any sense of the word you know we can see death as you know a use of a vehicle that can awaken us or become truly one with source like plato and um, Socrates had said, you know, you're returning back to source where your soul and your body disconnects, where you completely lose all senses of ego and become the truest and most potent version of this sense of self, which isn't actually even yourself. When you think about it, all of those senses of ego that were never truly us dissipate and we are back to our truest and highest form, regardless of 
what you would like to perceive as death becoming, you can still have this concept and understanding within within your perspective of death while still maybe believing in reincarnation or believing those afterlife perspectives, but understanding that the only reason that we do have these perspectives of ego and with connection to the body are because we are alive and living a human experience. But upon death, whatever that may mean, we would not, if we are not having a human experience, granted, we may, you know, be reincarnated and have another human experience of where they would all come back. But I would say in that moment of death, we disconnect from all of that and truly return back to nature. And our body becomes one with nature truly again, because that's where it originated. You know, dis- disconnecting from body in this lifetime really helps us to approach that concept of death. Especially when in this lifetime you're searching maybe for identity or some qualifying, quantifying factors within your life or your sense of ego or self that you want to achieve, you know, we have to remain present with this concept of death because it it is a part of us. No matter where we are, what we believe in, death will inevitably happen and to give ourselves more hostility towards that thought is detrimental to us in a way because it will happen you make it difficult for yourself and for others around you when you are so in tune with well in tune in a negative way with your body attached to it I should say not in tune when you're attached to your body so much so that you cannot become one with the concept of death and granted it is difficult in this day and age because we have so many things of saying you know I feel like I'm getting old I could die any day now or you know you know I'm getting older I'm, I might die soon what are you gonna do when I die you know will you help me out when I die or you know these Kind of, these truly arbitrary things because death is not just of the body. It's a release of mentality, you know? When we think of these people as well who maybe are on life support, for example, or are going through, you know, and very close to death, either we get people who are so caught up within their body they cannot handle what is approaching them, Or, you know, oftentimes we will see people who are letting loose, letting go, and truly becoming their their higher selves in those ages because they are approaching an inevitable source. And they're becoming one with this life and with these uncomfortable but more comfortable emotions, if that makes sense in that way. And what's really going on here, what we actually are seeing, are these people becoming or just being more aware of what is happening within as they approach death, as in, you know, understanding and being aware of these different changes that are happening within our body, within our psyche, and being okay with them. You know, understanding that they are a part of this process of death and are inevitable instead of being attached to the symbology behind it as, you know, I maybe if you are approaching death really young, you know, being attached to that symbology of I'm dying really young and this is my story and this is what's happening to me and I am da-da-da-da-da. But understanding, okay, well, I am going to die or maybe I will, maybe I won't, but if I am going to, I'm going to be present in every step of the way. And... 
within those last few moments of, you know, trying to experience the highest bliss that we possibly can. And this is only to say, really, if you have, you know, a exasperated death in that way, like a prolonged death, I should say more, you know, if you have a sudden death, then obviously these things aren't going to apply to you or to the person that you are witnessing. But, you know, that perspective in life, just honing that and having that before those moments, because we are capable of dying at any given time, literally any given time. And to under have that understanding of, you know, no matter what happens, I am not, I am not this body. This body is not who I am. It doesn't define me and I'm going to pass on in some way, shape or form and go into whatever, maybe a next life or, you know, transform into something that is whatever it is, you know, maybe not, not even having those expectations is necessary in this regard. Just having the understanding that we are not our body. I am an ego sense of self having a human experience. And the part of this human experience is to experience death and to honor it and to become one with the process of it. And I always say to understand death is to understand the human condition. And not necessarily in the Western form of it, more so in the Eastern philosophy of it by saying, you know, Death is beautiful, it's inevitable, it is a transformation, and it is going to happen. <laughs> and why would we waste our time being afraid of it and, you know, jumping away from it when it's going to happen? And this this talk mostly projects onto, you know, death within approaching it slowly and within, you know, being there for somebody or with somebody who is dying or, you know, in that way. It, I'm not really even talking about the direct experience of, you know, maybe having that kind of fear of death, but it being linked to an anxiety or a fear of not necessarily death, maybe endangerment. They're slightly different things, and I will definitely get into that, but still even just going into that, maybe if you do have that anxiety, going into a type of situation in that way, to even just understand, like, okay, my anxiety that I'm having now is not attached to death, it's attached to that other fear of endangerment, but I still know, regardless of what may happen or what is at my wings or at my feet, that I am not this body, and what happens to me does not happen to my highest self. It happens to my ego, and what I may perceive of it is what my ego wants to perceive and correlate with my personality in that way. <laughs> and to remember, especially as we may you know, come into contact with somebody who is maybe on their deathbed or to be approaching our deathbed and maybe not having the proper support, you know, or not understanding how to relate to the person who is dying, to know that we're all human, you know, to maybe not, especially if somebody is, you know, on the path to death, well, we all are, but very close to it, as you would perceive, you know, to just be there with them presently. You know, what everything that I'm saying right now leads me to one big thing of presence and being here now because there is nothing else to look forward to besides this present moment. 
That is why those monks meditate over those bodies to become so ever-present and aware of how this human experience drastically changes and that there is nothing ahead besides right presently now. And that leads me to a quote from Be Here Now by Ram Das, which who inevitably, inevitably is my inspiration for so many of my philosophical and spiritual beliefs and somebody who inspires me consistently within my growth process and within my enlightened knowledge and spiritual knowledge that I gain throughout this lifetime. Not even enlightened you know, it's just an egotistical phrase for people who understand what is actually going on. <laughs> and let's get into it. Making it sacred. This chopping wood and carrying water is karma yoga. The yoga of daily life, the way to do it is to do what you do, but dedicate the fruits of the work to me. That's the most esoteric way of saying it. Another way of saying it is do it without attachment. Another way of saying it is total renunciation. Now, that doesn't mean to go up a mountain and live in a cave. It means that you renounce attachment even to your own desires. It means you do what you do because that's what harmony of the universe requires. If I am a potter, I make pots. But who is making the pots? I am not under the illusion that I am making the pots. Pots are the potter is. I am the hollow bamboo. <sighs> what a beautiful perspective to take into this concept of death. Because it draws back into the conclusion of we are not this ego sense of self. And we are not the body. And as Buddha says... We are not the doer of these actions. Therefore, we are not the actual one dying. Our body is. Namaste.